Καλημέρα. Good morning, everybody. Dear IMO Secretary General, my dear friend Arsenio Domínguez, Madam President of the Greek Shipowners Union, Mrs. Melina Travlou, distinguished representatives, ladies and gentlemen. It's really a great pleasure to address this year's annual Capital Link Greek Shipping Forum, a forum which already became an emblematic event in shipping industry. And thank you so much, Mr. Bornos, for this. Let me first thank uh, the organizers, in particular, Mr. Bornozis, for this kind of invitation, and of course for the opportunity to address distinguished members of the Greek and international shipping community. After this very interesting discussion, and not debate, <laughs> just a complementarity between IMO and European Union. Uh, I really believe that even my highlights in my speech will be a sort of uh, complement of this discussion. I hope so. The title of this year's conference, Sailing into High Seas, is especially appropriate in today's, today's context. Considering the international geopolitical volatility and the recent development in the Red Sea, it captures the essence of present challenges for the maritime industry. Particularly, the challenge of maritime security. The kind of aggression where is one of the most vital shipping lanes threatens not only the regular flow of world trade, but also the safety of vessels and most importantly, the well-being and even the life of innocent people on board. It is an acceptable breach of international law which violates the freedom of navigation. From the start of this conflict, the Greek government condemned strongly the attacks, and we, take, we took immediate action. Greece, one of the world's largest ship-owning nations, not only has a fundamental interest to preserve the freedom of navigation and the protection of the lives on board, but, my dear friends, we think it's our responsibility it's our duty to do so. And as a Minister of Maritime Affairs and Insular Bodies of Greece, I can assure you that we stand firm on this principle. Ladies and gentlemen, Greece, the vast majority of you, they know better than me, Greece lives by the sea for the sea, because of the sea. It is in our DNA. The maritime sector is one of the most robust and promising sectors of our economy, a sector which supports 
our country's sustainability and growth, no doubt. With a fleet of over 5,500 vessels, Greek ship owners control 21% of the global deadweight donation. The Greek fleet is an essential factor for the world economy to keep moving. It is also vital for the European Union, representing more than 60% of the EU fleet the Greek-owned fleet plays a crucial role in securing European Union's energy needs. And this is particularly important given the even increasing energy security concerns. Dear friends, the times are challenging. And shipping faces a fiercely competitive and volatile international environment. To ensure the sustainability of the maritime sector, we need to see the upcoming challenges as opportunities. Let me explain using the example of decarbonization. Shipping, shipping's transition to the carbon-free era presents the sector's greatest challenge today. It is a radical change ahead, no doubt. Nevertheless, we, the Hellenic Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Insurance Policy, and personally me as a minister, believe that this challenge can be turned into an opportunity. An opportunity to move forward and ensure the sustainable growth of the shipping sector. More importantly, it is an opportunity for Greek and overall EU shipping to maintain or even increase its global competitiveness. This is a particular crucial point for Greece and EU, especially we, when we consider the turbulent times we are living in and that Europe is losing its overall competitiveness, frankly speaking. As you are all well aware, the political commitment towards decarbonization in shipping is there. We already talked and we already heard everything about this. The IMO landmark strategy on the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions from ships is now in place. I totally agree with you, my dear friend Arsenio. It provides the framework. It paves the way for the transition. From my experience, I can say there is a lot of green momentum now at the IMO. And I'm sure Secretary General of IMO, who is here today with us, thank you once again, he already confirmed this in his statement, in his highlights in the discussion. So decarbonization is very high on the agenda. And as you know, the European Union published a new communication on 2014 climate target. Fodini already emphasized on this, which first considers the differentiated targets for shipping aligned with the IMO strategy, and second, tries to address the crucial issue of shipping access to alternative fuels. What we need 
to do now is to clear the path in terms of implementation. In Greece, it's our duty also, and we'll play a leading role in that front. We will be at the forefront throughout the whole process in the IMO, in Brussels, and every European capital towards the development of mid- and long-term measures which will lead us to carbon-neutral shipping. Both of the interlocutors, they said yes. <laughs> so, we all agree on this. But, as Prime Minister Mitsotakis said, in this dimension, we need radicalism as well as realism. And we advocate for applicable solutions at a uniform level, not just theories in the sky. For net zero shipping to become a reality, we need to, to ensure the worldwide availability of safe and affordable low and zero carbon fuels. Without the fulfillment of this condition, our goal of decarbonizing shipping is not only uncertain, but it will not prove feasible. We need to intensify our efforts, and to do so, the number one priority should be collaboration. Once again, I agree with the previous speakers, and in particular, cross-sectoral collaboration. The issue of fuels and new technologies in shipping, it is a multidimensional issue. We need to link the energy sector with the maritime value chain. Energy producers and suppliers, port operators, logistic companies, charters, engine manufacturers, and of course, ship owners need to collaborate, need to be together as a family, and to discuss transparently. And of course, to create a predictable environment which will clear the technological path to decarbonization. And in this dimension, we need science. To collaborate with the scientific community, research institutes and centers to develop realistic solutions. It is a certainly not an easy task, but we, as politicians, this is our destiny, <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, need to provide incentives, facilitate and promote such discussions at all levels, at sea, at port, at the level of policy, at the level of technology and innovation. In our ministry, we already started this process and has put in place an informal advisory committee to do exactly this. This brings me to the second issue I want to highlight, finance. No doubt the investments needed to decarbonize shipping are costly, very costly. Reducing vessel source pollution and enhancing the energy efficiency both require, require substantial capital. 
In this respect, I believe a blend of public and private financing needs to be examined more thoroughly. I heard what Mrs. Ioannidou said about the European funding. Of course, it's a big issue during any European Council. And we will see with other ministers, uh, because I decided to make a round in many European capitals, emphasize on this. But uh, we have to see this European funding not only just as an isolated instrument. We need to be together, public and private sector, with the European umbrella. And I really completely agree with Fodini on this perspective. And the idea of this PPP partnership can suit well in this framework. PPPs can leverage the finance needed and at the same time facilitate knowledge exchange and technology transfer, accelerating the deployment of innovative solutions. They can provide the framework where finance is generated and collaboration is promoted. This is the direction we need to follow. This is my, my, my strongly conviction. Why? Because only through this way we can promote such win-win solutions. And we need all together on board. Last but not least, no sailing in high seas can exist without human capital. Our seafarers. Shipping employs millions of people on board and on shore. It creates meaningful career opportunities for young people. Shipping cannot exist without skilled professionals. Our seafarers are a wealth of knowledge and expertise and they should be protected and well-trained. This is why, and in this respect, the Ministry of Maritime Affairs has already declared 2024 as the year for maritime education. We are putting forward several initiatives aiming to enhance the maritime profession profession overall, to attract more young people and increase the available manpower. Dear friends, I'm sure we all agree that we need efficient, sustainable and thriving shipping in Greece, in Europe, in the world. To that end, we should remain together and cooperate closely to transform our commitments into tangible deliverables. Collective action is a must. Before closing, because I already spent my time, I want to take this opportunity and invite you all to the, our ocean conference, which will be hosted in Athens between 15 and 17 of April. It is a major forum for dialogue which will bring together governments, international organizations, academia, 
private sector NGOs that share a common vision for the protection of the oceans. Dear Mr. Bornozis, thank, thank you once again for this invitation. I wish you every success to this excellent event and the results which I'm sure will provide us with a useful insight and constructive proposals and specific proposals for our maritime future. Thank you so much for your attention.